The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. Uh, Brother Fabian is with us, and so I'm going to let him tell you about his ministry, and he is a fantastic preacher and is going to uh, deliver the word today. Thanks. Thank you, brother. I don't know about fantastic. I know he is. I've heard him. I, I, I hear your guys' services often on, uh, online, often maybe once every uh, two months. So often for me because I go around a lot, you know, to many other ministries. Uh, you know, the Lord throws a curveball at you and touches you. Brother Tim, man, uh, I didn't grow up in church. I knew about God and I heard about God because my grandma used to go to church all the time. She got older and the church used to come and pick her up and take her on a bus. She got a little older, changed pastors, changed leadership, and nobody picked her up anymore. She always talked about the Lord. Brother Tim, when I heard you say that, it reminded me of my grandmother. Hey, church, what's the name of this church? I know it, but can somebody tell me the name of this church? This is real life. This is real life. Man, I'm not going to be here this Sunday. I, I got to be in Minnesota. If not, I would be here. But listen, we're all going to get old, if the Lord willing. We can't forget our elder. We need to be there for them. And despite, amen, amen, God's called us to live this real life with one another, to love one another. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that none should perish, but those who believe in him would have everlasting life. Believe in him. There's elderly people who believe in him, and he wants God to, for them to have abundant life. But you know, those of us who are younger, we need to take up arms and fight against our schedules to do what's right. So I encourage you to join Brother Tim and, and the other projects you guys have despite of COVID. I do have a scripture here uh, with me to Romans chapter 10. Uh, I won't be reading off of Romans chapter 10, but uh, I was going to start a little different, you know, in Spanish and whatnot. Uh, I know there's a Hispanic family here and they would have understand me. But man, God just reminded me of my grandma, so... Uh, so I will do it, okay? <laughs> Amén. Le dijo Jesús, yo soy la resurrección y la vida, el que cree en mí, aunque esté muerto, vivirá. Y todo aquel que vive y cree en mí, no morirá eternamente. Crees esto. John 17, 25, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? This is our hope. My hope is found in Jesus Christ. My grandma passed away, but she passed away a believer. She passed away to eternal life because he is the God of the living and not the God of the dead. That is the God who we serve, and that is the hope that we have. If any man is heavy burden, come unto me, and I shall give rest unto his soul. 
Learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor Chris said this morning, if you've come this morning and there's a heavy burden on you, there is a God and his name is Jesus. And he is willing to meet with you this morning. He is willing to meet your need. My question to you, are you willing to learn from him? Are you willing to walk with him? There are thousands of people who are heavy burdened this morning and don't know the name of Jesus. Though they've heard of him, they don't know him personally. And I am thankful to be part of a great church who has been saved and redeemed. The one thing that unites us all, despite our cultural background, our different skin color, is the blood of Jesus. It's what he did at Calvary. Is despite of who we were and what we did, he loved us so much that he gave his life to save us, to redeem us. There's another scripture in Jeremiah uh, uh, 17.7, I believe. Let me see. I'll just quote it from my mind. He who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in Jehovah. See, we are blessed when we trust in him. When we put our hope in him, we are blessed. Uh, this morning, I want to show you a little picture of uh, my family. Uh, can you put that up there? And, uh, you know, I took that picture, so I'm not in the picture. And I took it with my iPhone. My wife and my children couldn't be here because they're a little sick this morning. But they're on their way out of uh, hand, foot, and mouth, you know. So we didn't want to come and get other kids uh, sick. But we, my wife does uh, say uh, hi and thank you for supporting our ministry. Uh, and, and that's it for now as far as the picture. Uh, again, my name is Fabian Sanchez. I'm a missionary here in Kentucky. We got here about three and a half years ago. Your church was one of the first churches that invited us here without, not, without knowing us, without... Uh, uh, ever probably even hearing of me because to be honest with you, I did not grow up in the assemblies. I did not even grow up in church. I got saved when I was 27 and uh, I got called into ministry when I was in my mid-30s, you know. Uh, now, by the grace of God, I've been saved for 15 years, uh, married with a beautiful wife, pastor's daughter, have five kids, one little girl who controls uh, the other boys, you know. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, 12 goats, Six, five chickens, because one of them, a raccoon, ate or something, you know. <laughs> uh, and we've, we bought a little farm, you know, with a couple of cabins and uh, actually four cabins, a, a big dairy farm that we've converted into a chapel and a ministry place. And, and that's where we host some of our ministry events. Thanks to you guys, when we got to Kentucky, the Assemblies of God had uh, six ministries. Thanks to your giving, to your prayers, to your efforts in the ministry and missions. We now have about 12, of which our ministry uh, helped start four new churches that are Hispanic. But it's thanks to you guys. What does four new churches represent? I, uh, I want to tell you a little story that is real, a testimony. In December of this year, I had a uh, pastor contact me. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, December of last year, during the pandemic, Pastor Kyle from Grayson, Kentucky. Uh, how many of you know where Grayson, Kentucky is? Uh, 
Eastern Kentucky. You know, I live in Hudgenville. How many of you know where Hudgenville is? That's uh, about an hour, hour and a half from here, you know. The birthplace of Abraham Lincoln. He, he called me up. He's like, hey, I heard about you. I heard you helped start Hispanic Ministries. I've been going to a restaurant for four years. It's a Mexican restaurant here in town. And uh, the guys there call me pastor. But uh, we hardly communicate because I don't speak Spanish and their English is not the best, you know. But uh, they call me pastor. And uh, I just been, when it's been in my heart to minister to them. I just can't. Can you come to uh, Grayson and, and meet up with them? I'm going to let them know you're coming. Uh, and I said, sure. When do you want me to come? He's like, come on Monday, you know, and he called me on Thursday. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make it happen. You know, I was able to move things around. When I showed up, I met the manager whose name is Fabian, like mine. And then I met another gentleman whose name is Manuel. Fabian is 34. Manuel is 52 years old. Fabian's the manager. Manuel, uh, he's one of the, the waiters there. And uh, when I, we went and sat down. These guys, it was noon, stopped what they were doing. They came and they heard that the missionary was there. And they said, hey, tell us about God, you know. So I started sharing to them about the Lord. And just something brief, nothing too in-depth, nothing, you know. It's just, just some basic stuff, you know. And they started to cry. And I was very shocked. And they said, hey, we've been praying that God would send somebody out here to tell us about the Lord. You see, um, and they said, uh, we're so thankful. One of them pulled out a guitar and started doing worship songs. So he obviously had a church background. And uh, I said, well, would you guys like me to come once a week? They said, when do you start? <laughs> I said, give me a couple of weeks. You know, I can't just, you know, quit everything else, you know. Give me a couple of weeks. It, it took about a month. You know, I ended up going in, in January towards the end of January. But I told Pastor Kyle that has a great heart. I said, Pastor Kyle, you know, I'll come till around August. I'll, I'll commit myself to come once a week, three-hour drive, there and back, you know, to come and, and help meet with this small group, you know, and see what the Lord does, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously it's not sustainable for me to drive three hours and, and pastor a congregation here, uh, but we'll see what the Lord does. I come, came the first week, Manuel and Fabian showed up. They started sharing with me their life story. Fabian, the manager of the restaurant, tells me his story. Uh, he came here about eight years ago, and about six, uh, about five years ago, uh, I'm trying to think because I met with him in January, about five years ago, he was arrested. He wasn't a Christian. He was arrested for something he said he didn't do, but that's what everybody who's arrested says, right? I don't know. <laughs> he was in uh, county jail for six, uh, six months. While he was in county jail, somebody started sharing the gospel with him. And he gave his life to God. He said, I stopped everything I was doing. They let me out. And then I moved to Kentucky. Just trying to get away from everything. He said, I got a job as a, as a, man, as, as a restaurant uh, busboy, you know. He said, but let me tell you, when I grew up, I grew up in Mexico. When I was nine years old. My father came one day and told me and my brother, this is what I want you to do when I die. Started giving him some instructions, you know. That day, his father got killed, shot in the head. He said, we were poor. The floors were made out of dirt and the pigs would crawl in and they would sleep with us sometimes. If I wanted to eat meat, my brother and I would go out hunting. And that's how we ate meat. 
we wanted tortillas or some other things, we would go trade some of the firewood and stuff at the local market. He said, as I grew a little older, my ma mother married a, a good man and he provided for us. But the reason I came to the U.S. is because you know, I wanted to help my family. Um, he said, but it wasn't until I gave my life to God that things started turning around for me. You know, now I'm the manager of this restaurant. You know, I make good money and I'm doing very well. He said, but you know what, Fabian, I, I gave my life to God and I came up here and I'm in this little town and there's no Hispanic church here. And really, so I read the Bible, and man, when he started talking about theology, it was a little twisted, you know. <laughs> Nobody had discipled him. And he was so excited that somebody was going to, would be willing to come and, and share with him the gospel and start giving him basic doctrines. Manuel tells me, you know, I grew up in church. I was part of, a part of the worship team. Uh, I'm 52 years old, Fabian. He said, uh, Nine years ago, now about 10 years ago, he said, uh, we were, my wife and I, going somewhere. We got a taxi. Uh, it was the driver, myself, and my wife out in a little town in Mexico. He said uh, we were at a stop sign, and somebody shot the driver, and somebody shot uh, my wife. Killed them both. He said, I never dreamed about coming to the U.S., but I know who had done it. And because I was a Christian and didn't want to do what I wasn't supposed to do, I decided to get as far away as possible from there. He said, I've been working here for four years. I'm so thankful to Fabian, he said, because uh, it might not be much, but, you know, I'm now uh, the, 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 the Frito guy. You know, <laughs> He had some very basic things at the restaurant, but he was very thankful because God was providing for him. He said, but you know what, Fabian? Just two weeks ago, I was praying. I said, God, if you don't send somebody, I'm just going to walk away. He said, so I'm thankful that you came today because I know God sent you. The following week, they brought their friend, Victor, who was the owner of the Mexican uh, store there. Victor came. You know, I had a little small Bible study. I did a soap, scripture observation, prayer. And then, you know, I'm like, Victor, tell us about you. Victor said, man, he, was, he looked excited. Victor tells me, he's also in his 50s. He said, well, I own the Mexican restaurant here, but uh, the Mexican store here, and I work at the restaurant, he said. Uh, I had to start working at the restaurant because due to COVID, you know, sales went down and I just had to do what I had to, you know. And he said, but you know what? I've been here 12 years. And when I came to this town, I said, God, you help me start this little store and stuff. You know, I'll give my life to you, but, but you need to have a Spanish church, you know. He's like, well, there hasn't been a Spanish church here ever since. So when I heard about you and there's this church that's getting started, to me, it's just a Bible study. To them, it's a church that's getting started. He said, so I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to give my life to God. And that day, Victor gave his life to the Lord. And there's been other stories like that that, is, that have been happening throughout Kentucky. God has opened doors for us in the restaurant industry. We're going to restaurants. We're starting Bible studies there. People are eager and hungry to be discipled, to have some basic doctrines taught to them. But more than that, they're hungry for fellowship. Bible, the Word of God tells us, forsake not the gathering of the brethren. Sometimes we can take it for granted to come together and worship the Lord and get God's Word and receive it. Sometimes we may take it for granted. But for people like Victor, Fabian, Manuel, and this older couple, 
they don't take it for granted. So I want to encourage you, my brothers, my sisters, those who are here this morning, don't take for granted what you have, what the Lord has given you. It is so valuable. It is so valuable. Now, I, I will start my, my uh, preaching. I'm not even sure how much time I have, brother, so I'm, I'm going to try to hurry here, you know. Uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, chapter 10, verses 12 through 17. I will read them. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, the Lord who has believed our who has believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, Paul was writing to the, 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 the church in Rome, to the Romans. He had never even been there, but he had heard of these believers and he wanted to send some basic doc doctrines, which if you read this letter, you know, it's not so basic. It's, it's very, very in-depth. He wanted them to understand the basics of Christianity. And some rejected it, but some accepted it. God has given us the oracles, the, the word of God, which, which is uh, truth, which is real spiritual food, you know. But not everybody has this. Fabian and Manuel were hungry for it, though they worked at a restaurant. They were not hungry for Mexican food or any tacos or burritos, you know. They were hungry for God's truth. They were hungry for spiritual fellowship that would edify them. And as soon as, as they started getting fed, they started getting fat. I'll tell you, uh, one of them, uh, Manuel, 52 years old, his wife was murdered, you know. He was so thankful. His life, he said he's completely changed. He rededicated his life to the Lord. He started going to Kaysom, uh, uh, to our Bible school. You know, because he feels like he's got a call in his life. So he's like, I'm going to get a quick. At 52 years old, he's saying, I am going to go study and I'm going to go prepare so I can go and share the God's word. You know, that's why I'm telling you, they're getting fat and they're going to have to give some of that fat away. There's a, a verse here that stands out to me. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Well, my father-in-law is a preacher. Neil Gordon, and I'm not sure if he's watching this, but he'll hear me say it. His feet are not beautiful at all. You know, they're kind of ugly. You know? <laughs> What that means, though, is how beautiful it is when somebody not only receives salvation and not only is edified and gets spiritually fed, but how beautiful it is when they go and share the gospel with others. How beautiful it is that others come to know the Lord, that others are discipled. Because God has sent every single one of us who is a believer to go and share the gospel to every nation, 
to every unsaved person. How beautiful it is when you go and you take a step of faith and share your faith. Because we're not saved but by what we have done or what we can do. We're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're saved by what Jesus Christ did at the cross, but also by sharing this with others. Many people come to know the Lord because of your testimony. Many people come to know the Lord because of God's word. All people come to know the Lord because it is the Holy Spirit that drives us and sends us to go share God's word. People like Manuel and Fabian would not come to know the Lord if there wasn't somebody going. Would not. You know, Manuel was ready to give up on the Lord. Two weeks before that, he had prayed and said, if you don't send somebody, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. He lives in a house where all the workers of that restaurant live in the same house. They all drink. They all do all this other stuff. He said, Fabian, I've been here for four years. I'm not giving in to that, but... But I was ready to do it. If it wasn't because somebody was sent, they would not, he would have given himself away. If it wasn't because you guys pray and support missions, people would walk away from the Lord and people would not come to know the Lord. So when you guys pray, when you guys support missions, you're not just giving money away. You're just not spending time on your knees. People are coming to know the Lord. People are being saved. People who are hurt are being restored. People who are not, who have given their lives to the Lord and are not discipled are being discipled. All because they were sent. Who is the sender? Matthew chapter 9, the last few verses, it says that Jesus came across a multitude. And he was moved with compassion because they were as cheap without a shepherd. Jesus was moved with compassion in a multitude. Though he had been healing many, raising the dead, he came and saw a group of people walking with his disciples. And what does he do? Tells his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth his labors. He did not tell his disciples, disciples, go and preach, go and tell them the good news, though I'm imagining they did. He did not tell them, go and lay hands on the sick, so I, but I imagine they did. He did not tell them, go and do these things. He told them, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who go and preach good tidings, who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who's the sender? We are partners. You are partners with me in ministry. You are partners in me with me and other missionaries to bring the gospel. But the sender is Jesus Christ. What do we do? What is there for us to do? I'm going to tell you the best thing any of you can do for missions. The best thing any of you can do for any missionary. Your salvation. Your relationship with God. This morning, we're going to be taking communion. You started with a prayer. I, I really like that. It challenges us to examine ourselves. How is my relationship with God? Am I right with you? Last time, I, uh, two nights ago, I heard a preacher 
uh, talked about um, meeting a pilot and asking him about uh, how many times he had to touch the controls to maintain the plane going in the same direction. He said the pilot told him uh, about 2,000 times. He says, why so many times? It's like, well, every time the wind hits it, I have to readjust it. And then he made an analogy. We're like planes. And if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to touch our lives and make adjustments in our lives, we're going to drift. And we're not going to go to where we're going. The best thing you can do for missions is work on your relationship with the Lord. Make sure your relationship is right. The prayer, the going, the finances come. But it's your relationship. And I'm going to live with this. There are thousands of people, hundreds of people around you. He talked about one couple who said, you really mean your church will come and help us though we don't go to church? Do you really mean that? There's more like that. There's more Manuels, there's more Victors. And the Lord said, pray, pray that the laborers would come for the harvest is plentiful. Well, I'm going to submit to you this morning. Somebody's praying for his brother, his mother, his father, his sister, his aunt, his grandma. This morning, people are being prayed for. The harvest is being prayed for. And they are praying that God would send somebody to them. Real life. Real life church. God is a real God who cares about our real life and real life situations. And there's somebody today praying to God the Father that somebody would go. And I say to you, God is going to send you. He's sending Tim and many of you to go help this couple. But he's sending you to go share the gospel in real life. To go and tell somebody about Jesus. Bring him here and tell him God loves you. And he wants to change your life. Pastor, I'll give it back to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.